rolling along. We're now into after hours from 10 until noon. For those of you that were listening to the Fantasy Football Show, appreciate it. Love it. Um, week seven. I'll try to get into as many questions if you still have some. If you're, you know, joining late, you know, you have some sort of question that maybe I didn't get to in the in the fantasy segment. I'll do my best to get back to those texts on the text line. But uh, onward we go uh, into a Sunday after hours edition. Uh, boy, is it beautiful outside. I've been saying my whole life that I love the spring more than the fall, and I think I'm about ready to change that mind. Do you get your allergies in the spring as well? Uh, late spring allergies, late fall allergies. Like right now, I'm 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 highly allergic. <laughs> You're just allergic to the world. Yeah, because it's weird. Because like right now, you get those days that are, and this is what really like messes me up, is you get those days that are like 77 and dry and windy and all this stuff that's like blowing around. And then you get the days where it's like really cool and wet. So like my whole like equilibrium of a, of the allergic field is is in a in a in a blank storm. But like middle of the summer, no allergies. Early spring, no allergies. Late spring, when everything starts to bloom up, I balloon up. It's not good. I work on a on a dock as the the main the main gig, mm-hmm. and so you know there's no heating or cooling there, so dock doors are open. So in the morning, it's like when it's 43 degrees outside, I'm all bundled up, getting ready, mm-hmm. and then slowly throughout the day, the layers start coming you just start off, shedding like a snake. That's what you got to do. Yeah, it is kind of one of those. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those uh, kind of frustrating seasons. Like this, this is one of those years where I have like two random coats in my car. Cause I'll start the day off with a jacket on and then I'll end the day with like, like back in the day used to, you'd tie the jacket around your, around your hips, right? You took the, the sleeves, yeah, the, the, the hoodie, hoodie around the hips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Eight one six. Sweet. Would you move scary Terry to a flex spot where I currently have his teammate, Brian Robinson or bench Terry? I don't know, but I wouldn't, I would not bench Brian Robinson today. Hey, Dustin, give me your best, easy, almost guaranteed bet. If I win, you and a 30-pack of Miller Lite. Where do you find a 30-pack of Miller Lite? A 30-rack? Yeah, you can't find them. You can go to Costco and get a 36. You can go to Hy-Vee and get a 24. Can't find a 30-pack of Miller Lite. Bush Lite, definitely can find a 30-pack. We talked about that earlier in this week on the show. Um, I, uh, Yeah, you can't get 30-packs anymore. I don't know what it is. I don't know what they like. just discontinued it. Maybe Binkley knows the answer to that. Oh, come on, if anybody knows. Right. But he's more of like a sixer guy. He'll buy like two different six packs of like 14% ABV. I've been real into, uh, maybe it's the changing of the seasons, but mm. I've been real into Guinness lately. Why? I for I do like me a dark beer. Ugh. Now, like yeah, a Guinness, a like a stout. Guy. I'm a stout guy. Not like IPAs can go kick rocks, but uh-huh. stouts, I'm all here for it. Somebody said uh, Kansas sells 30 packs of Miller Lite. Damn. Maybe I need to move to Kansas. There is one... Well, I guess there's, yeah, there's probably one situation which I'd move to Kansas. But I like downtown, at least some a lot. Dirty Werewolf, this is the blind man. Good morning. Good morning, blind man. Welcome to After Hours. Again, Josh Klingler at 1015. Jay Binkley will join me for the rest of the show starting at 1130. Free money from the 816. Chiefs money line, Bills money line, Mahomes over 225. You like that parlay? I'll tell you mine. Me and the boys sat around the campfire last night, and I pulled out the DraftKings app like an idiot. I said, what do we like tomorrow, fellas? And one of my buddies was like, well, the Chiefs to win. And I said, okay. 
Thank you for the, you know. For thank the, you, Captain Obvious. Thank you for the, the banging advice there. So my parlay today is a five-pick parlay. If you want to get on the werewolf parlay, this is it. Isaiah Pacheco, anytime touchdown. Chiefs money line. Under 78 and a half Keenan Allen receiving yards, over 38 and a half receiving yards for Rasheed Rice, and over six and a half receptions for Travis Kelsey. That, folks, is a plus 1400. The um, only thing I would say about that don't is. Don't you dare rain on my parade. I'm not rain. I'm not going to rain on your parade. I feel really good about this. I think it's good. Parlay. I just, I'm worried that I'm like a lot of Chiefs fans out there. The Chargers play as close. So, well, I don't have a spread. I know that's so, but that might. When's the last time the Chargers beat the Chiefs, Quentin? Um, let's see. They two beat, years ago. Yeah, in Kansas City. Yeah, two years ago. So I, uh, I like my chances on that. But again, it's Pacheco anytime. Chiefs money line. Um, but uh, Rasheed Rice over thirty-eight and a half. Kelsey over six and a half receptions, and Keenan Allen under seventy-eight and a half. We dive into this game. James Palmer was on the field. Josh Klinger will be there later. We'll talk to him a little bit after that. But I will say this. I've been saying this the whole week, and I have a different narrative when it comes to maybe the decision of where you think this game goes. Well, thank you, Rich. How about a must win? in week seven. That's the way the two and three Chargers feel about this matchup against the five and one Kansas City Chiefs who are running away with the AFC West. I talked to star left tackle Rashawn Slater who told me it has been beyond frustrating losing three games by three points or less. He told me we need to take this chip on our shoulder, turn the corner, finally start playing like we know how to play. Well, you're not going to. That was James Palmer of NFL Network, uh, fan of the show, um, I think. But I will say this. When you have a must-win game, pressure is elevated a little bit higher, right? When you're on a short week and you have to travel even higher, that pressure is, is getting to almost uncomfortable territory. Not only that, but you're playing a team that you haven't beaten in two complete seasons. And, oh, by the way, they're on 10 days rest. You know what Andy Reid does after a bye week, right? You know how Andy Reid is able to make things work when he gets more than the normal time off. It's never good for somebody else. And what we talked about on Friday night on After Hours was, am I being too arrogant about this? Am I overconfident in this game? Chiefs five-and-a-half-point favorites at home at 325. Have not traveled in over two weeks. The Chargers just played in L.A. on Monday night and lost. And they lost because their quarterback took a sack and threw an interception on the final two plays of the game. In fact, Justin Herbert has more interceptions thrown in a one-possession game in the fourth quarter than any quarterback since he's been in the league in 2020, and it's not even close. He has five more interceptions in that situation than anybody else since that year 2020. There is a lot of pressure on the Chargers in this game. And there are some people out there that will tell you when the pressure is high, certain teams or certain individuals tend to rise above it, elevate themselves a little bit more than they already do. And when you look at this team, you think to yourself, okay, maybe. But the problem is everything the Chargers need to do, this is the worst possible matchup for that situation. They're without their number two wide receiver. He's out for the year. 
their running back is in what we would consider an intense contract negotiation year. And he's slowly but surely getting back to where he wants to be. He was hurt previous weeks, played last week, but wasn't really that impactful if you'd ask me. Their offensive line is not that great. If you want something to watch outside of the norms, is Taylor Swift there? Is Travis Kelsey going to have a new dance in the end zone? Is Isaiah Pacheco going to bury somebody with the shoulder? You want to watch something else? Watch this D-line for the Kansas City Chiefs get a push of significance almost every snap against this offensive line for the Chargers. It's not like it's the worst. It's not like it's, you know, bottom five. But it's not great. And the Chiefs defensive line, oh, by the way, announced already, Omenahue playing, ramping him up, trying to get him ready for that game in Germany. But you have a defensive line that has probably the best defensive tackle in the NFL right now. Yes, I'm not mentioning Aaron Donald. Chris Jones has just been an absolute freak since he's joined the Chiefs. Mike Dan has been great. Omenahue's back. Carl Loftus is there. You have a linebacking core that can disguise itself very well. You have a guy in Drew Tranquil who knows exactly how Austin Eckler moves. You'd have to think that he was a spy in practices. So there's just a lot that goes against the Chargers and not a lot that goes against the Chiefs. Andy Reid against the division, Patrick Mahomes against the division. He's 7-2 and two versus the Chargers. He's 12-0 and 0 versus the Broncos. And I think he's like 6-1 and one versus the Raiders. He's got three losses in the division. I believe he's like 24-3 and three against the AFC West. Nasty. Andy Reid's like 27-6 and six after the bye. Disgusting. The Chiefs have had nine, weeks, nine days off. The Chargers have had four. They traveled. Short week. Heartbreaking loss. Two and three. Have to win today, or you can kiss away the AFC West. Not only that, but then you're really going to struggle to try to keep up with people playing for that wild card spot. Because you know there's a wild card coming out of the AFC East. You know there's a wild card coming out of the AFC North. Is the other wild card coming out of the AFC North? I don't know. But you're going to have to compete against Cleveland, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Chiefs could lock up the division today. Because I'm not worried about next week when they go to Denver. That's a must. That's an already automatic win. Hammer at home. They win today. In week seven, again, week seven, the AFC West is over. Finished, gone, run amok, washed. And then the Chiefs just have to continue to control what they can, which is try to stay that number one seed in the AFC West or in the AFC, play a six consecutive home game in the AFC Championship game, and try to go to their fourth Super Bowl. Crazy to think. Not a lot of pressure on the Chiefs. Tons of pressure on the Chargers. Coming up on the other side, Josh Klingler of Fesco in the morning and the Chiefs sideline reporter will join us as we get his thoughts on the Chiefs game today in week seven versus the Los Angeles Chargers. I really don't know anybody that hates this song. That's because they're communists if they do. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, someone who's not a communist, Josh Klingler, who joins us now <laughs> on the show. <laughs> how, how you like that segue? In? I mean, that was coming strong. That was, that was like right to it. Well, here's the thing. Okay. Is that Cody called me an old soul because of my music selection and that I wear undershirts under my polos. So now my personality, I just have to dive right into it. Mm. I'm wearing an undershirt under my polo right now. Damn right that? I mean, I hope you take that undershirt off and let that chest hair fly on the sidelines. <laughs> All right, I'm out now. No. Come on, Nobody man. needs that. Yeah, we Nobody do. needs that. 
Is it is it silver foxish too, like the the hair on the top? <laughs> I'll never tell. <laughs> oh God! Uh, all right, Kling. I've been uh, you know me, man. I'm I'm obnoxious, but I've said all week I love this matchup for the Chiefs. They're uh, five and a half favorites today. You're you're on the sideline with that team. You know kind of the demeanor and the attitude of that team. Am I wrong? Am I overconfident? Am I am I not seeing the right on the wall that is heavy amounts of pressure for the Chargers and not really a whole lot for Kansas City? Plus, hey. This team, you know more than anybody. This team hadn't traveled in in quite a while. Yeah, I mean it's it's it is kind of weird. Yes, everything points that direction, but it, it kind of pointed that direction with Denver too. I thought, you know, and they didn't exactly blow the doors off Denver. So uh, the Chargers' defense is not good. Uh, they haven't been good for a while. They have great names, but they haven't been uh, other than names. I mean, they're the bottom a bottom defense now. Not you know, 31 and 32, like the Chiefs have faced and, um, in, in some recent weeks. But, no, you feel like the offense with some extra time and maybe a little extra motivation, trying to find themselves, the questioning that's gone on, that they would come out and really try to, to make a statement today. And then uh, the defense continue to, you know, do what it's doing with, a, with an addition, with I think it could be a really nice addition. So, no, and then you have the Chargers. You know, they are going to be kind of desperate. I mean, I think – I think you win today, and I think the division's done. Um, I don't Crazy. think anybody's catching the Chiefs. Um, nobody believes the, the Raiders are going to have any staying power, and the Chargers are the, the number two team in terms of talent behind the Chiefs. So you throw a haymaker today, and it, it could be done in the division. The thing that's interesting is that for you know six weeks, this team is 5-1, and one, and really today, Kling, outside of Watson being out, obviously with the injury, this is the first time all year that this team is actually all together, right? Week one, the two superstars weren't there. O'Minahue's been out for six weeks. Now he's back. It's already been announced they're going to play him today. It seems like this is the team that they put on paper in St. Joe that said, this is going to be our squad, and yet they're still 5-1 and one without it all being together. Does it does it make more sense today? Does, does, does When you see this team today against a Chargers team that is pressing, that does have a lot of pressure, is this the team that at the end of the day we might sit back and go, hmm, all right, that's that Chiefs team that we were supposed to see? Yeah, and that's the hope that they go ahead and put that statement together like that. I, I mean, it is weird because I feel like, and, and I've been saying this all week, I, I feel like there's a lot of fans that want some style points. And while the Chiefs don't need them and don't need to show everybody that, boy, we'd feel a whole lot better if they did, right? Uh, that they are 5-1, and one, that they haven't hit their anywhere close to what seems to be their at least offensive ceiling. Uh, but if they could just have a performance against a team you thought was at least – okay and then you know wow yeah I, I think i think there's a lot of fans that want to be wowed at this point especially offensively because i keep getting questions like uh what's wrong with this offense i'm like you mean this top 10 offense <laughs> that just doesn't look quite the same like this this uh what was it like they were like 11th rushing the football like uh almost top 10 rushing team to go along with the yeah. uh, uh patrick mahomes who's what the third highest uh you know passing yards per game i'm like it just looks different but i think I think some style points would would be, uh, I think, reassuring to a lot of people that it just looked more the part of a, of a what would be a six and one team after today. Yeah, I think the thing that's got a lot of people kind of fickle minded is that there's two different like aspects of this Chiefs team, which was, you know, you you hear the the Binkleyisms in your brain that says, oh man, if just Patrick Mahomes ever just had a top ten defense, well now he's got a top three defense, but then it's like. 
well, if he had a top 10 defense and he wouldn't have to score 28, 30 points a game. And now he's not doing that. And people are like, but the offense, <laughs> well, it's and it's, you know, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of liked. I kind of like when they were scoring all these points. So, yeah. so I guess what we find out is they have to have a yeah, a top ten defense and score thirty a game. That's right. So, and then then everybody would be like, oh yeah, just blow everybody out every single week. Doesn't quite happen that way, unfortunately, in in the NFL. And then a season right. in which you know the the scoring is down all over the place. And you know, aside from maybe an outlier like the like the Dolphins offensively, uh, teams have been kept in check. And I would counter that that the Dolphins were kept in check by probably the best team they faced, Buffalo. So. Um, you know, defenses are having a little bit of their say right now, and that's not the worst thing in the world when you have one of those defenses. Right, and it's, you know, this isn't a shot, so don't think I'm doing that, but it's, you know, I don't see this game going like Minnesota-Iowa where it's 10-12 to 12 at the end of the game and everyone was, you know, the over-under was 31-and-a-half and it still ends up hitting. I, I see this game being somewhat competitive until the fourth quarter, and the reason I say that, Kling, is that, I think we might have all been a little premature when it came to putting Justin Herbert in a category that maybe he doesn't officially belong in yet because he doesn't really have a big time win. He doesn't really have a record that blows you away. He's 27 and 27. I know your co-host Bob is always, you know, kind of given the reality of what is Justin Herbert. Look, like you always say, the things that you hate, the cliche, the makeup is there, the arm, the talent, the yeah, the, the NFL, it but it just... We haven't seen it, right? It's no. like a guy that you've been told is the next Daniel Day-Lewis, but all his movies are like Nick Cage movies. <laughs> I was going to go like Sandler, but yeah, <laughs> I get, I get, yeah. Um, no, it's exactly right. And then, you know, they, they, they've, he's been in so many positions to win games late, and uh, he's had a lot of fourth-quarter comebacks because they've been in fourth-quarter games. And mm-hmm. you feel like, well, if you're that, you know, if, if, if you're that, I don't think you have as many fourth quarter games as the chargers have had. And then the losing of the close games and, you know, yeah, I think, I think last week's a perfect example. That Monday night game was very charger. Like from what we've seen, like you got him the ball with a chance to drive the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. You're in a position because your coach went for an early fourth down. They didn't need to. Uh, so now you got to play the comeback on the final drive and he throws a pick. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's, he's far from, from proven has the skill set. But it, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I, I hate to harken back to the like Jeff George days or something like that, where you saw, <laughs> man, that guy's like a super skilled uh, quarterback, but can't win any games. And so I, I, I want them to keep doing what they're doing. I hope they don't ever figure it out. I hope Brandon Staley's a coach forever. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's he's got to win these these types of matchups and to 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 be on the same, I guess, tier. He's I, I think he's placed in a clo- pretty close tier to Mahomes, and you're right. I don't think he's probably earned, at least from a team standpoint. You can do all these things numbers-wise, but you don't leave your teams to wins. What do you have? Right. Uh, talking to Josh Klinger, co-host of Fesco in the Morning and Chiefs sideline reporter on the Chiefs Radio Network. Uh, just a few more, Kling, and then I'll let you get on to your what is a busy day, but, hey, at least you don't have to travel and get back in the, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning drive to the studio. So that's, you know, glass-half-full sort of mentality. But is this a game, and and I'm, I'm huge on Rasheed Rice, but – the thing that I understand that like the production is there. The one thing that's not been there is snap counts. Is this one of those games? Because again, I, I'm not comparing him to CD lamb, but CD lamb torched that secondary for the chargers, which is not good. I know Derwin James is always floating around, but this is a secondary that got rid of a cornerback that they went out and paid for sitting back to new England. They got torched by CD lamb and Dak Prescott, which again, I'm not saying that that's, you know, Rasheed rice is, is, is CD lamb, but it, it seems like if there was a game that you were going to get somebody's snap count up, 
this seems like one of those games. And then the backside of that, as I have a follow-up there, uh, is the addition of McCall Hardman with a vertical threat that could also help the the emergence of of a Rasheed Rice. I mean, there any of us question, you know, Andy Reid's offensive acumen. But if there's right. something I think we'd all do, and you, you're like, okay, you had ten, kind of ten days to kind of re reevaluate. It's how do you how do you divvy up the wide receiver snap counts because you're two guys that have played the most snaps. I don't think that there's a you know PFS stat that says you know production per snap or anything, but I, I got to think the two that were getting the most snaps were probably among the least productive, right? And right. so if you were to like flip flop some snap counts and, and give some guys a little bit more opportunity, like a Rice to get uh, more snaps, dare I say Justin Ross some more snaps, um, <laughs> those types to see what they can give you, um, I think that that would be that would be a positive as well. That if if they flipped some of the numbers today, not saying that. You know, somebody gets benched or whatever, but if you just kind of reverse what you've been doing in terms of percentage of play time uh, and, and kind of see how it goes, I would like to think that that, you know, 10 days was kind of spent reevaluating the wide receiver hierarchy. So I'm with you. I'd love to see that you got a little bit more opportunities for, for Rice, maybe a few more for Ross. Um, and then, yeah, McCole Hardman, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we know he, he runs the, the jet sweep, I think, better than anybody. Um, the, the, the timing aspect he had figured out. And then, yeah, he does give you a, a vertical threat that we haven't uh, been able to see thus far. So hopefully, even if it's a decoy, right, get him down the field, open up the middle of the field, those mm-hmm. types of things would be good. I'm, I'm curious to how much he'll play today, although it sounds like, you know, he's, if uh, he knows most of the stuff they, they'd already been doing, assuming he hasn't uh, lost a bunch of that, um, I, I got to imagine they're going to throw him right in there. And obviously he's going to be in, involved in the return game since they, they cut the returner, uh, Washington, to keep him. Right. Um, final one. How do you see this one playing out? Do you, do you trust the five and a half or are you like everybody else that calls me crazy and thinks that this thing's down to the wire three point game, Butker sends them off into a victory. <laughs> I hope it's not that it's hard. To, I just think with this team, it is hard to say, well, yeah, go blow somebody out or whatever. But uh, you know, I don't, I don't think their defense is very good. I think their defense has got a lot of names. Um, if, if Derwin James, who is questionable is, is questionable. You got to think Kelsey's going to have an opportunity to to, to feast. Um, this offense, I think, still has a lot to prove, and they'd like to be the reason for a win. You know that as much as anything. I think that they're the, the pendulum's kind of swung, right? The defense always like mm-hmm. we want it on our backs, and we never get the respect. And now I think the offense is probably like, yeah, you, you, you won us a bunch of games. Is it our turn now? I'd like to think that the offense would would have a little breakout today. Let's see. Well, if you do want to make some money, Kling, uh, McCole Hardman is plus four twenty five. Uh, anytime touchdown, and he's plus 2,200 as first touchdown score. Watch him take a punt back to the house today. That would be fantastic. That would right. be fantastic. Get, get the special teams involved in a in a score, too, and have his homecoming be uh, be nice. I think it's a nice little addition. Yeah. It wasn't one that they thought they were going to need. I don't think anybody was saying at the end of the year, bring back McCole Hardman necessarily, that it was like, okay, it's that's kind of done. But I think they found out that they could they could use his skill set in this offense. So we'll see. All right, Clean. We'll have a good day. You got beautiful weather on a beautiful fall day, so I'm sure you're enjoying that. But take that shirt off underneath the polo and let that let that meat breathe, buddy. Oh, jeez, <laughs> that's a that's a terrible visual to go out on. <laughs> I love it. All right, Clean. Take care, brother. All right, later. Josh Klingler, Chief Sideline Reporter and co-host of Fesco in the Morning, coming up on the other side. He talked a little bit about this defense, a little bit about this defense. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this defense and why I love it today against this Los Angeles Chargers team. You're listening to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Play Freebird. Um, 
This is uh, some news that you might want. Kareem Hunt is active. Deshaun Watson is, in fact, active today for the Browns. And the Chiefs line is now minus six. So, yeah. It's gone. Even That's weird that it stayed at five and a half all week, and then just a few hours before the game, it switches a half point. Right. Minus six is now the spread for the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Los Angeles Chargers. That game at 325, you can hear that game on 106.5 The Wolf. Uh, pre-game on 610 Sports Radio, post-game on 610 Sports Radio, and the Arrowhead Pride post-game with Jay Binkley, who will have you all night. It sounds weird to say that out loud, but that's uh, that's what it is. But Ominahue, McCole Hardman, both active today, both plan on being put into the mix today. How much so? Not sure. I know McCole Hardman's probably, well, he is going to be their punt returner. Uh, expect the Chargers to punt, man. He's going to get a shot. I know that he's had his miscues, but I think when it comes to this team and the special teams, that's the only question on this team. One thing that is not in question for the Kansas City Chiefs is their defense. The Chiefs defense is giving up an average of 14.7 points per game. In fact, that's only two-tenths more than the number one defense in the NFL in points per game, which is the San Francisco 49ers at 14.5. Buffalo, the third team right behind the Chiefs, giving up a 14.7 or 14.8 points per game. They play New England. Chiefs play the Chargers. We shall see who gives up more points today. But this is a little nugget that you can take with you when you watch this Chiefs game today. The Kansas City Chiefs defense has allowed points on just 15 of 61 drives this season. That good for a 24.6% rate. It ranks second in the NFL with that stat. So for those of you that took tests in college and got 15 out of 61 right, you know what a 24% grade looks like. It's not good. It's failure, massive failure. Teams are failing at a high rate against this Chiefs defense. This defense has three units that I don't know which one I like more. The secondary, the linebacking core, and the defensive line. Now, the Chargers don't give up a lot of sacks, but they give up a lot of pressure. And what you see when you, when you put in the fact that they're giving up pressure is that Justin Herbert is lost. Now, again, I don't know if Justin Herbert is, you know, been lied about or what he's been in concerned about when it comes to his gameplay and how it affects when it comes to making that second read, but this is what he was talking about in his press conference against this Chiefs defense and where his focus is, and you can guess it's 95. The Chiefs defense seems like they're really clamping down this year. They're playing they're a young team but they're playing really well just what have you noticed from them uh, about the way Steve Spagnuolo kind of runs that defense? yeah they're a very good defense um you know they've done a great job of, of forcing turnovers and um getting after the passer um you know they are kind of like you said kind of young but they, they don't play like it they, they play like they're veterans all around the board and they're really well coached and when you have a, a group like that together um you know that it's going to make for a really good defense I mean, Chris Jones is an inside guy, but he gets a lot of sacks and he pressures the quarterback consistently. Just what have you kind of seen from the way he's playing so far? Yeah, I think one of the the great things that they do is they they can put him anywhere, whether it's inside, outside. You know, he can rush from so many different spots and um, definitely one of those guys that you have to be aware of wherever he's on the field. So you've got Chris Jones, but the thing about that is that Chris Jones can't be your main concern. And that's what's great about this defense is that Chris Jones isn't the main concern. Trent McDuffie is probably a top three NFL cornerback in the league in year two going off this year and last year's stats. Small sample size, 
but you can look at all the pro football focus grades. <clears throat> Excuse me. Trent McDuffie near the top. Legereus Sneed can shadow anybody in this league, and I firmly believe that because he's done it for two and a half years now. Well, I guess we'll say a year and a half. And the way that the Chiefs can use this defensive line today, I'm very interested in. And one thing that I told you to watch today is the push that this D-line will get against this offensive line. You don't always have to get sacks to be considered a successful day on the defensive line. But if you're getting pressures and quarterback hits and you're causing that guy to be different, even though he's already shown what he is through the first three and a half years of his career in the NFL, not only that, that takes away other options. If he's getting pressured, you get to see this linebacking core play with in-house competition with the defensive line. And we'll go back another tier as well. But with the pressure of this defensive line towards this offensive line of the Chargers and a guy that just is going to continuously check down because he doesn't see his second read quick enough, plus he's got Keenan Allen, and then it's after that, you're, okay, where do I go now? And if you look at the way Justin Herbert will play in this game today, if you watched that Dallas game, because we did a show on Monday night, and I had it on the left corner TV, two TVs in the studio, one left, one right. And on the left side was that game, that Monday night game. I watched Justin Herbert. I paid attention to what he was doing during commercial breaks. I give you all my focus. But there's a lot of almost like frantic. Once that first reads out, boom, he goes somewhere else. And the difference with Justin Herbert and where everybody wanted to put him and where he's actually at is that this defense that's going to go up against this offensive line and an offense that is without a weapon – uh, Austin Eckler, who's been out with injury but coming back ramping up, and a Keenan Allen who's been a stud, is that every level is absolutely fierce at where they're at. Defensive line is going to pressure that offensive line. If you're going to check down and throw wheel routes and throw underneath routes in the middle or to the off to, out into the flats, your linebackers are quick. Tranquil, Willie Gay, Leo Chenault, fast dogs, right? They go after it. They don't miss. We've seen Leo Chennault get a little bit more reckless this year, and it's been fun to watch. He can close. Willie Gay, one of the most athletic linebackers in the AFC, he can close. Nick Bolton, you guys worry about the outside. The middle is my cul-de-sac. I'll take care of this house. And we know we can trust Nick Bolton, who might be the most underrated linebacker in the entire NFL. You go back another unit, you go deeper into this defense, pressure on the offensive line, pressure from the linebackers, keeping everything solid in the middle of the field, you don't have a lot of time to throw it. You don't have a lot of time to make a decision or a receiver to get open. And if that is, in fact, the case, if that's where we're at, then you have to think about your corners get ramped up that much better. To give it an analogy, it's like when the defense plays in. That batter's average goes up 100 points. Even if he's a 250 hitter, that defense moving into the infield in baseball, now he's a 350 hitter. And if your corners are already locked in and good to go as top-tier corners in the NFL, again, maybe I'm biased on this, but I think they are. Justin Jefferson had three catches for 28 yards before the injury. DJ Moore was irrelevant in the Chiefs game. Cal Ridley was irrelevant in that Jags game. And he's had a couple of games where he's been irrelevant, but that is, those are big-time receivers, right? Those are big-name receivers, and that secondary is shutting them down. And not only that, but when the D-line of eludes pressure and the linebackers can take away a second read Justin Herbert's in for a field day against the top tier defense and you got to remember Drew Tranquil's on this team right now and instead of him being 
on the Chargers. So on the other side, it'll be interesting to see what the linebacking core does against Kansas City's offense because Travis Kelsey talked about this himself last year, that Drew Tranquil was the one beating him up on the line, and they don't have him anymore. So Kansas City improved their defense by by signing a top pass-covering linebacker and took him away from an opponent. And it's also like the perfect type of linebacker versus a team like this. Which is I crazy. expect him to be all over Eckler today. I think that's kind of the revenge. That's what he wants. I mean, I'm sure they're boys and they're they're cordial, but I'm sure that at the end of the game they do the jersey swap or whatever it is. But this is one of those things where it's like, I know your move. We did practice squad stuff. This is what I know you're going to do. And the Chiefs have a slight advantage there. Plus, they have one of the best defenses in the league. It's top three. 913-586-7610. That's a Jay Southland Toe Service text line. Texts are coming in. I'll get to them on the other side. Plus, I want to look at around the league today. I want to get into some NFL slate games. There's two that I like outside of this game that I like the spread and I like the matchup. I'll get to that next. Quentin's got a few as well. You're listening after hours on 610 Sports Radio. You got to fight for your right to That's right, baby. Sunday after hours with Dusty Likens and Quentin is here as well. It's been a two-week hiatus, but I'm back and I'm not going anywhere, I promise. 913, love Sunday AMs with Dusty. I love that you listen, 913. Thank you for that. Dusty, you are a free bird, Casey Hunk. I don't really know what that means, but I like it. I like to think that I'm free. I like to like the, you know. Somebody in the 913 says a whale in Vegas just put a milli on the Chargers' money line. That would shift the spread. Again, the Chiefs were five-and-a-half-point favorites, now six-point favorites. So the line has moved just a little bit. So... Are you are you a whale or are you a gazelle? How do you bet? I do have a parlay today, five-legger. Isaiah Pacheco, anytime touchdown. If you want to get on the wolf parlay, feel free. It's plus 1,400, so obviously it's not supposed to hit. But Isaiah Pacheco, anytime. Keenan Allen, under 78.5 receiving yards. Rasheed Rice, over 38.5 receiving yards. Travis Kelsey, over 6.5 catches or receptions. The other one is, I do like this. Chiefs money line. That just kind of sweetens the pot. You know, that's the wolf parlay. Dusty, who do you like for an anytime touchdown? Isaiah Pacheco. It just feels right. Like perfect case scenario for my parlay today. Rasheed Rice catches like a 40-yard pass, and they run it in with, with, with Isaiah Pacheco. If that happens, if that happens, I might go shirtless for the rest of the game. But let's get into some NFL matchups that we like, Quinn. There you go. Pot that down if you want a little bit. Seems very hot. Um, NFL parlay. This isn't an out-of-left-field question. Same music, but we'll just use it for the background music noise. Dusty, love the Sundays with you. I love hearing the werewolf at night, but something about a Sunday morning hits different. Okay. I don't know if that's a male text in that, but if it is, it's still okay. You're all right, Quinn. Don't worry about it, brother. Don't worry about it. Shake well, it off. Whatever. It's okay. It's fine. It's it's not fine, but it's it's okay. Because I know when people say it's fine, it's not fine. Um, the game that I really like today, spread-wise, I really love Detroit plus three at Baltimore. Hear me out. I think Baltimore's a good team. Um, I like Baltimore a lot this year. I like that in a, that AFC North. 
But what I don't like is the disrespect the Detroit Lions are getting. The Lions are good. Man, the Lions are a good team. Obviously, they beat the Chiefs, but let's be real. They didn't have Kelsey or Chris Jones. But the Detroit Lions, when you look at their offense, right? Third in the league with 393 yards a game. They're fourth in the league in passing with 259. And a third down rate of 42.2%. That's ninth in the league. They also score an average of 28 points a game. You look at the Ravens and you look at their team stats from a defensive side. They only give up, or they're giving up 295 yards a game. They're giving up 163 passing yards a game. And they're giving up 97 rushing yards a game. And they give up 15.2. Something's got to give. It's a high-powered offense versus above-average defense. Jared Goff, 1,600 yards, 11 touchdowns, three interceptions. The Detroit Lions 5-1 running away with the NFC North. I like Detroit plus three against the Baltimore Ravens. Quentin? All right. I've got my game, uh, and I'm surprised this wasn't one of your two, Miami at Philly. I think this is – we talked about the story of the fantasy football show. This is yeah. going to be – it's the best game. This game deserves to be on Sunday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got two really good offenses. But the part that I want to focus on is Philadelphia is minus three, despite the fact that Philadelphia has a very bad secondary. Mm-hmm. And Miami has lived over the middle of the field. Right. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert, all those guys are playing – in between the hashes, and that's how they're getting a ton of their yards. You look after the catch, why do you think Tyreek Hill leads the league in big plays? It's because they're living over the middle of the field. And the Philadelphia Eagles actually have one of the worst pass defenses mm-hmm. in the NFL. They've given up. They're they're with teams like Vikings and in terms of passing defense. Yeah. They've they only have two interceptions on the year and if they try and play a bunch of soft zones, it's going to be big trouble for the Philadelphia defense. Yeah, I like that game. I just, when a game is that explosive with two good teams, I try to veer away from from trying to put any sort of coin on that game. But I do love that game. That game is going to be absolutely electric tonight. At least I hope it is. I hope it's not one of those games that ends up being like 17 to 14. I don't if this is a stinker, way. then Sunday Night Football might need to pack it up. Yeah, they just need to just call tonight. Get Chris Collinsworth off the call. Um, no, my other game that I like uh, points wise, I love the, I love the spread that Green Bay is a one point favorite at Denver, essentially a pick 'em game. And I know they don't do this anymore because quarterback play is elevated a little bit better these days. Um, it used to be that if you were a home team, you were pretty much automatically given three points. So if that's the if that's the old logic and Green Bay is a one point favorite. Technically, they're a four-point favorite. Because if they're already getting points and they're on the road, now, again, it's a home dog. It's always tough to root against home dogs, just like it is um, more often than not. But look, Green Bay, two and three, going to Denver, one and five. We talk about the pressure that the Chargers have. You think about the pressure that's inside the four walls of that locker room in Denver. One little riff and it goes awry. One little bad saying or a bad look and the team crumbles. Green Bay with Jordan Love and Christian Watson. I like that combination. Aaron Jones back. I like that combination in Denver. I think Green Bay is a better team than their record implicates. Also, when you look at Green Bay's stats, they're not great, right? They're bottom of the league when it comes to total yards, passing yards, rushing yards. Defensively, middle of the road. But when you go look at the Denver Broncos and their defense, 
Man, they're giving up 458 yards a game. That's the worst. They're giving up 268 passing yards. That's second worst. They're giving up 172 rushing yards. That's the worst in the league. And they're giving up an average of 33.3 points per game. That is the worst defense in football. Jordan Love, Christian Watson, Aaron Jones, field day. I like Green Bay minus one. My last one is I usually try and stick away from really big lines because it's, you know, any given Sunday and all that stuff. But with that being said, I'm still going San Francisco, Minnesota, Uh, San Francisco minus six and a half points. Look, Justin Jefferson's not going to play. We've got a San Francisco offense that is beat up. But remember, the Vikings defense is still very, very bad. And you give anything over the middle. Uh, Christian McCaffrey still may play. Brandon Ayuk has been on fire. And despite the fact that I picked Debo Samuel on my fantasy football team, he is, you know, he's been a little underwhelming, but all of those yards have gone to Ayuk. And I think Ayuk is going to have a big day. So we're going to see that high firepower San Francisco offense, I think, come back to life. And do I think San Francisco can beat one of the worst defenses by a touchdown? Yes, sir. I think so. Okay. You like the late night games. You like Sunday night, Monday night. This is, um, this might be the best Sunday night, Monday night slate we've had this year. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey is going to play, by the way. Debo Samuel is out. Yeah, with that shoulder it's shoulder like a fracture, hairline, hairline fracture, fracture or yeah. something like that. It doesn't – I saw he's out and just moved him. I didn't even click on the article to read about right. it. Yeah, I'm, you just – you saw the O yep, and the Yeah, I was like, I don't care. I'm out of here. Nice. All right. So you like Philadelphia over Miami. You like San Francisco over Minnesota. I like Green Bay over Denver. And I also like Detroit over Baltimore. I think that I think we might actually have a really good witching hour today. I think so too. You know what I mean? Like we look at these noon games. And I know that you can Google these games. My boss hates when I do this, but look, Cleveland, Indianapolis, that game could come down to the wire in the final fourth quarter, Buffalo, New England, depending on how those teams show up, that'll be one of those like can Buffalo, you know, somehow beat new England is new England doing a surprise or maybe Buffalo beats the bricks out of them. Um, not really interested in Vegas bears, Washington giants. That's one of those like could be close Falcons bucks. That's definitely going to be in the witching hour. Detroit, Baltimore, 100% will be in the witching hour. And then you get into the three o'clock games. For those of you that don't know the witching hour it is two 30 on red zone. And it is absolutely electric. When television. wins become losses and losses become wins. Damn right. I do like that Washington Giants game. Mm-hmm. I just because the Washington has spent so many first round picks on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. And last last week, the Giants played a guy who literally was sitting on his couch uh, as a guard and then eventually had to move to tackle. Mm-hmm. So if the Washington defense is going to play their best game of the year, it has to be this week. A16 says Miami wins 38 21, but it'll be close through three quarters. Damn. So what we hit 59 points. We just hammer the over in that game. I, yeah, I do think hammering the over in that game is the way to go. That's Quentin. I'm dusty. You're listening to after hours and six ten sports radio on the other side, Justin Herbert, false prophet, pyrite, fool's gold, play some audio and you make your own decision. You tell me if I'm overzealous or if I'm overconfident that the chiefs handle business today, even if it is minus six, listen to after hours and six ten sports radio.